0: Hey guys, you're back again, and I'm so glad you're here to join us for what I think is a pretty fun episode. In this episode, I sit down with Dr. Dana Varble to discuss what's right with the veterinary industry. Now I want to give you a heads up. The formatting of this one is a little different from what you guys are used to in these episodes. There was no formal outline, no scripting. Truly, Dana and I were just excited to be in the same room together. It had been a while and We got to talking about vet med, how things are going, and we decided to just turn on the microphone while we were chatting. So what you're listening to is two veterinarians just chewing over some of the positive changes we've seen in vet med over the past several years. Let me remind you about the fantastic Dana Varble, and then we'll go ahead and get into our chat. Dr. Varble earned her bachelor's degree in zoology from Southern Illinois University and her DBM from the University of Illinois. While completing her DVM, Dr. Varbel pursued a non-traditional clinical rotation schedule, fulfilling her academic requirements at a variety of alternate locations, including the University of Tennessee, Louisiana State University, Brookfield Zoo, which I will remind you back when I lived in that area was one of my very favorite places to visit. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, Dr. Varbel also completed clinical rotations at the University of Pretoria in South Africa. She has a background in clinical medicine, including exotics, small animal general practice, and emergency medicine, and still practices part-time, picking up relief shifts, as well as working at Chicago Exotics Animal Hospital in Skokie, Illinois. She's a national and international speaker in the field of herpetological and exotic animal medicine and surgery, and has authored several publications in that field. In keeping with her interest in organized veterinary medicine, Dr. Varbel served on the board of directors for the Association of Reptilian and Amphibian Veterinarians and was president of ARAV from 2012 to 2013. She's also a member of the American Veterinary Medical Association and the Association of Exotic Mammal Veterinarians. She joined NAVC in 2015, where her role has continued to evolve. And in 2020, she was named Chief Veterinary Officer for NAVC. She shares her home with four ball pythons and, her words, a mixed-up brown dog named Hannah. And let's go ahead and get into it. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, so we are podcasting today about positivity, and I'm joined by the one and only Dr. Dana Varble. Hi guys, chief veterinary officer for NAVC. And we're just going to talk about, um, you know, what's right with the industry. We spent so much time talking about what's wrong with the industry, but we were talking about the other day, I went to do a house call and I was at a client's house and, and I spent a good bit of time there. Um, just lovely, lovely people that I was happy to see. And I got back out to my car and I of course had like the long string of text messages of like, you know, this dog has diarrhea and this one is limping and all this um, and you know, I'm going back through and I'm returning the text messages, and I just thought to myself, I was like, "This is just like an example of the very best of humanity here that I'm talking to. Just every single one of these people are absolutely wonderful. That I'm I'm so lucky to have as clients. Um, and it really kind of put me in a positive state of mind where I try to stay because not <laughs> always Good. like that. No, it's not. It's not. But those days are they're, they're important, important, right? Yeah absolutely. So it yeah, this positivity mindset and then so we got to talking and and landed on this what's right with the industry? What have we yeah. seen in recent, you know, the last year, the, the last decade? Yeah. Um that that's good for the industry. Because so, there, there's a lot more than I
1: don't know. There's still more good than bad.
0: I, I feel would like 100% you know? agree.
1: I understand some people, you know, it's and it's tough because you hear about people and, you know, some of our colleagues in really bad places and
0: Yeah.
1: Obviously your heart goes out to them, but you know you still talk to vets and like they're still like yeah you know that that's that's kind of bad and that's kind of bad but most of us have don't have like majority of our days are still good you know or maybe part of a day is bad but the majority of the day is good you can find the positive yeah and it's hard sometimes because obviously squeaky wheel gets the grease so the complainers the yellers Mm -hmm. they sit with us they dwell in us they kind of can ruin things but
0: But I think when you really sit back at the end of the day, you know, you you get that that client, those couple of clients that are the squeaky wheels, you know, they're the ones that want to yell and throw a fit, make a scene. And those can really take a toll. Like you said, you dwell on those Mm -hmm. of like, oh, my gosh. And today was just horrible. But when you really take it back in hindsight, most of them, I'm not going to say all of them because some (laughs) of them just truly are horrible. Um, but I would say the majority of the days I tend to be able to pick out more positive than negative in my day. Even if it's like every dog was super sick and people were unreasonable, usually like my team, you know, I get yeah. positivity with my team. They were, you know, we all pulled together. We got a lot of things done. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we helped some animals and stuff like that. So even if it's not necessarily like in the flow of appointments or something like that, there's usually something that's positive yeah. there. Well, and I think usually it's more good than bad. I would agree. Really, I would I mean,
1: agree. Really, truly.
0: <laughs> and, you know, we do talk a lot about the, um, you know, kind of the horror stories of veterinary medicine and all the things, all the challenges um, that it can come with, with are are very real and, mm-hmm. you know, they can be overwhelming. Um, but I think we've said this before when we talked, I still have no regrets. No, no. I still no. love being a vet. No. No, that's uh,
1: you know, in grand schemes of, of things, I've done wrong in my life because that was, that's not on the list. That's the not list on the is list. Long, but this one, no, on the that was not on it. You know, and it's it is really interesting because I think lately too we've seen it even on social media when there's been uh, you know we've done a good job of getting, about getting the message out. I think in a way that our industry does have some issues and in, in regarding things like mental health and the busyness. So it, it is interesting to see that when there's been some social media, quote unquote, backlash a vet. Mm-hmm. I think it really is important to click on comments sometimes. And I'm, I'm not a big fan right. <laughs> of the comments section. <laughs> like, try. And don't go down that rabbit hole on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Don't click on the comments. Don't <laughs> click on the comments. But every once in a while, I do click on the comments because the thing to take in in those comments is that for every person who's on there, like supporting the negativity, there's probably 10 more, or sometimes it's even overwhelmingly positive where, mm-hmm. you know, somebody posts something horrible on social media and you have like this, like slew of clients come out and be like, no, you're right. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, great. Actually They're wonderful. This, right. Our right. vet is wonderful. You're mm-hmm. just being unreasonable. And I think people are starting to kind of see through some of those mm-hmm. in a way. They're like, no, you're kind of a jerk and you're being a jerk. I'm going to call way. you on it. You like know?
0: these, these tirades, you know, these long threads of of social media bashing. In addition to other clients and other people coming in and saying, hey, no, you're being unreasonable. I've also seen like floods of our colleagues Mm -hmm. showing up and going, hey, let's actually reframe this and talk about what you guys are doing here and and what's realistic. And you're not going to not going to convince everybody, no. but I agree with you. There does seem to be this flood of like, Hey, no, we're not going to have this lynch mob mentality. Yeah. It's a little bit of, we're not going to take it
1: too. Mm-hmm. Like, and not in a negative way, not mm-hmm. in like uh we're going to be real, like
0: you know, snarky, yeah, yeah,
1: mean or anything, but just you know, no, you're wrong. Like mm-hmm. a polite correction. The customer or, is not always right. Yeah, yeah. or <laughs> just a little bit more like, well, no, that sounds like you got excellent service and oh. things went wrong because, because things, things go, go wrong. wrong. Yeah, so I did hear about a vet recently too who did manage to who took someone to court, did some, did some legal. Too. You know, it was like, hey, what you're doing to me is defamation mm-hmm. and, and actually got the person to take down the video and at post a retraction. And wow. Yeah. That's so amazing. It, it's good because I mean, you know, we've been told for years, oh, just ignore it. It'll pass, which yeah. it does. But I think that's not always, you know, I think there is yeah. something to be said for, and again, if you do it in a positive way, if you're not mm-hmm. like, look, I'm not going to stoop to your level, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually do this and be nice about it, and just say, mm-hmm. you know, make a correction. I think that
0: has really empowered mm-hmm. us, especially reframed yeah the other side yeah. Um, and you know, it just let letting them show the the caring, kind, intelligent, capable professional that they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, it draws on our strengths in a way, right? right. Like, right. you know, part of being a vet is developing this high level of empathy. So, you know, and I think we all do this. It's sometimes like, like you said, it's sometimes hard to get to, but a lot of times when people are angry at us, I think part of our problem is we sort of, we understand like mm-hmm. where their emotions are coming right. from. So we're like, oh, you're really angry because things went wrong. And I think part of us goes, oh, I couldn't have done anything to fix it, but mm-hmm. you still have this deep, deep degree of empathy for them. So you right. want to make things better. It just, but it is a matter of, like you said, reframing it. Like you can feel bad for people mm-hmm. and still, hold them to task for their bad behavior too. And perhaps you know?
0: in that reframing, um, it kind of allows a mental reset on our part yeah. to say, um, because, you know, God forbid something does go wrong. Um, I think, you know, that, that high degree of empathy, our first reaction is to be like, I did it. It's yeah. my fault. Something is, well, this is, yeah. this is something I did. Um, and, whether or not it is, which the majority of the time it's not, was there really anything you could do differently in that mm-hmm. moment? Well, you don't know. I mean, it still could have turned out the and same. That, and again, some of that comes from,
1: you know, you're we're professionals. I think mm-hmm. we hold ourselves to a very high standard, right. which we
0: Again, not not a
1: bad thing to Mm -hmm. want things to go right every time, Mm -hmm. even though we know biology doesn't work right every time. It doesn't matter. (laughs) We want to beat the the odds. Yeah, Yeah. we want to beat the odds, right? Like we want to beat the odds every time because we've seen patients beat the odds. We've we've had those good experiences. So you're like, why not this one? Why Mm -hmm. couldn't this? Dog get better against the odds. Why well, can't you know this gerbil survive?
0: And well, it doesn't matter yeah. that you know you you did it with like 50 bucks and a popsicle yeah. stick. You yeah. still want it to work. You still want it to work. Right. Exactly. You do.
1: <laughs> because again, every once in a while we get something that beats yeah. the odds. And so you do you hold yourself to this incredibly high standard. And I think, like you said, that that self-reflection, they the under yes, I understand where you're coming from, but that self-reflection, I think, also gives you a chance to, like, be really realistic, too. Mm-hmm.
0: To um, go back to that, look at of all of the things we did do. Yeah. Look at all the things we did right. And then this thing went wrong. And there's probably nothing that could have stopped that. Yeah. Because we did everything by the book. Yeah. You know, according to how we should. Yeah.
1: So that's a good, I feel yeah. like that's been a really good. And I feel like that's recent, too. I feel like I this is really
0: starting to pick up even more momentum in the, mm-hmm. in the last like six months. I think there started to be a little bit more awareness of the damage that these um these social media tirades can yeah. cause to human beings in um, general. Yeah in all industries in all so industries yeah. in all industries. And then of course um the public awareness of the high suicide rates in our industry and stuff like that. And and just I mean it's like anything, right? Yeah. Like awareness is is the key, it knowing is. what is going on. Um, And having a full understanding of the whole picture is Mm -hmm. what what makes everything better for everybody. Yeah, yeah. All right. So awareness (laughs) and um, awareness for ourselves, and um, you know, maybe maybe a little bit on our clients and patients' side as well. A little more on the public side too. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another thing we talked about was. and this is something I, I, a term that I really like that I've heard recently is the change from um, standard of care mm-hmm. to spectrum of care. Yeah. I love that shift. So nice and flexible. It's nice? so nice and flexible because I like to practice, um, you know, I tend to practice a little bit more rural mm-hmm. and so I see all kinds, you know, yeah. some of them I get to refer and they get all the bells and whistles and, you know, mm-hmm. we, we do all the things and mm-hmm. it's great. Um, and other ones are, you know, what sees which what you get. This is you get this opportunity opportunity. to fix the animal and you do the best you can. Um, So getting away from that, if you don't do it this way, you're not up to the standard and you can fall on a spectrum. Yeah, I hope that
1: makes us all feel a little bit more empowered. I think some of it comes from this fear of. Not again! Not meeting that high that high self standard. We've right, created right. For and then
0: when there's another standard, yeah. And then and then people. I mean you, go, you get into the,
1: the fear of the legal fears, the yeah. you know the board complaints fears, and all these fears. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, I I love the idea of spectrum of care because mm-hmm. a working emergency kind of similar to rural. You know, not everyone has the money to do the the big. I mean, emergency care is it's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. It absolutely this is, there's some. Limits to, to what we can do on emergency as far as costs go. We can try and keep things low cost, but there's still going to be more costs. You know? yeah. It turns
0: out you have to pay people more to get them to work in the middle of the night. Yes.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, the, but it, it is interesting because I think one of the things that I realized working emergency coming out of school is it, it's important to learn that that big gold standard, right? Mm-hmm. Like the ideal world stuff. Sure. But especially working emergency and, and again, just things being costly and, and things like that. I think the one of the big wake up calls for me was I had a client one time and you know, it was a young puppy vomiting diarrhea, mm. really worried about parvo. I was mm-hmm. in, worked in an area at that time where there was a lot of parvo. We did a parvo they they could afford a parvo test, and it was negative. And I was like, okay, 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 that's real. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully we're not infecting everybody. Yeah. And, and but you know the good news is is like uh, we ended, they ended up not having a ton of money. We I think we gave some cute fluids out, and I want to say mm-hmm. we just gave the dog away medical override because it was again this was they were they had parvo test money and a little bit more sure (laughs) a little bit not a ton and you know what it's funny because of course being a vet I ran into them at like a party with some friends of a friend and they were like hey you were that vet and you're at the moment you're like (laughs) okay okay I am that vet are you you happy with me, and she's like, "Oh no, you were great. My Aww. puppy's fine. It was great. The next day, we think it got into some garbage. After all, we found it later. And so, yeah, fluids, oh fluids and antinocice. That dog, that dog was fine. You there know? you go. And yeah. it, it kind of, it was when I was a relatively newer grad. Sure. And it was that great moment where I'm like, oh, this cost them a lot less money than my first plan, right? <laughs> yeah, which I'm not gonna lie, my first plan was like blood work, X-rays, parvo mm-hmm. tests hospitalization yeah. flu, you know the of whole night, yeah. you know which is good that gold standard absolutely yeah. and then
0: they were like yeah no and That's I was like cool so how about how about some people with a medical reminder fingers crossed beautiful and it worked I mean how many dogs are out there with a serenia deficiency like <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it was a it
0: was a good moment because it, it really did emphasize that sometimes that 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 small stuff makes a huge difference and I think that kind of goes into us having each other's backs of- yeah you got that dog through the night so that they could go get off of emergency and maybe go to a day practice and Mm -hmm. things weren't getting better where um it potentially the cost could be a little bit lower um because like you said there's some stuff you just can't control on emergency um that sometimes it can be a little bit less during the day and so you know just where you know so you're so optimistic a little less during the day (laughs) be A little less during the day. I haven't located, worked emergency it was, in a,
1: long it time. Was, it's a it could be a
0: lot less. I yeah. mean, you know, it just is sure. Sure. Which makes sense. It does. It, it really does. It does. Yeah. But you know, where now we don't have to necessarily be on call, most <laughs> of us. Um there's still plenty, plenty of call out there. But yeah. um, you know, emergency vets kind of give us the option to not be on call and get that puppy, you know, put a band-aid on it until yeah. it can get to me in the morning and then I'll take back over <laughs> so yeah. that that puppy can live and and hopefully do well. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can have a happy ending for that yeah. story. Well, I, like I said, I think to take some of the
1: pressure off, but hopefully, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this too. When you present a, a you know, a treatment plan and it's got costs associated with mm-hmm. it to owners. I really try. And I think a lot of us do not emphasize, like if you can't do this, there's right. other options. And I really try and take, cause a lot of them feel guilty. Yeah. And that's a really, Big, it's a big burden for them because mm-hmm. they feel guilty that they can't automatically do right the big thing, everything. Yeah. Yeah. My first so kid. I think when we start to present this idea of, well, there's options and mm-hmm. there's option, you know, mm-hmm. bells and whistles. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and there's option, you know, sometimes it's B, C, D, Q, R what how much change do you have in your car option <laughs> yeah. I actually had a client do that once so it was oh my like gosh. oh my god <laughs> I'm like well I'm like oh, I mean I'm sure you're doing purse. that
0: on emergency medicine like how much change did they have in and had like five dollars
1: in change <laughs> in oh okay car. okay, okay. But, you So know, like I, a totally I, realistic I, amount yeah <laughs> but I would we were still like I'm like I you know you I and they were nice people oh, so course. it's easier to yeah. it's easy to like again, have a high degree of empathy for them and want to be able to like make right. something work for them. And they're like, hold on, I'll, we'll be right back. And I'm like, you're literally going out to your car for change.
0: And I don't, I don't want to make people feel guilty. Right, I don't yeah. think any of us do. Cause so. you know, they want the best for their pet. Yeah. And most people are, are trying their best within, yeah. within their means. And I feel like that's, that's most of what we can ask mm-hmm. is, you know, and, and this goes, you know, again, back to the spectrum of care of, um, Not everybody's going to be able to afford the gold standard, but it's not really fair to say if you can't afford the gold standard, then you can't have a pet. Yeah. So it kind of lets everybody off the hook of like, Mm -hmm. can we find this middle ground where we can all work together Um, and we can offer options? Yeah. And a lot of times I'll try to tell Uh, Clients, if I'm presenting the treatment plan, I say this is a this is a dialogue. Like you look at this, you ask me whatever questions you have. If we need to talk about options, that's I'm here to do that. You don't have to feel like if you can't do this, we can't do anything. Just talk to me. And usually that kind of gets them talking, where they're like, okay, well, realistically, this, this, and this. Well, and I was always surprised too, because one of my
1: one of the things I did sometimes on emergency, and Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I I did have at least one person be like, oh no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. I actually sometimes came back into the room. um, We presented our own estimates at that point. Okay. That's an interesting moment. But like doing it, no, (laughs) not my favorite. But we were. That's where we were at at that point. I actually would come in some for some cases with like two or three. Sure. Different, different options and I literally had a colleague once be like never do that they're never going to choose the most expensive one and I'm like but that's not my experience actually I agree I, I actually like doing this because I think it, show, it it showed that I have some you know empathy for mm-hmm. you know that money doesn't grow on trees mm-hmm. and that there's options and I can't tell you like you no know, sometimes people are like look I just don't have the money for option, the mm-hmm. most expensive option. And that's good. But sometimes what we do, interestingly enough, is they'd actually, I mean, first of all, it's surprising how many people are like, no, do everything. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. And uh, do everything and people mm-hmm. always caught me off guard because it's, it's always the, the people that surprised really? me. Were like, that are like, yeah, all yeah, these yeah, things I can yeah. Do okay. But it was always interesting to me because a lot of times what would happen is you'd end up doing, you know, maybe mostly your B option, but mm-hmm with a, a couple pieces from your, the best things we could offer, you know, like, it'd be like, can we do this, but maybe minimal blood work, or can we do all the, can we do all the blood work because I really want to know, but you know, it, and it depends mm-hmm. on the case. Cause sometimes it's more important to do the blood work than the fluids, but other times it's like, I don't know, just save your money on the, fluid. right.
0: Right. <laughs> if we're not going to do the the fluids and there's no point yeah. now, yeah. absolutely.
1: And it felt, it always felt good because it, it did feel more like a dialogue then. Yeah. You know, like, let's have a talk about this. Mm -hmm. I'm not presenting you an all or nothing plan. Let's, let's have a talk.
0: And I think that sometimes gets people to that option B um, where Mm -hmm. if you show them just option A, then you might end up with option C. they are like, (laughs) I'm not doing all that. That's way too much money. Let's go down. Um, And, you know, they cut everything out that they possibly can. Whereas if you do have that dialogue, you do have that empathy um, to say, Hey, you know, I I get Mm -hmm. it. You have to keep the lights on. You have to put food on your table. Um, then, you know, at that point, they may be willing to let you get more information than they would otherwise. Well, and I think some of it too, is they, they understand that the costs are the costs.
1: So mm-hmm. now we just have to make choices about where, right. where we're going to devote our, our resources, right? Rather than it being like a discussion of why does X cost this much money? Right. Oh, because that's that. the <laughs> Because, I mean, there's mathematical formulas and yes. inventory. You can, I don't get it. But, right. yeah, exactly. I mean, there are
0: reasons we do what we do, and mm-hmm. it's that's not the time to discuss. And I know. do love that. I like the way you put that, the cost of the cost. Now we have to figure out how we're going to allocate our yeah, resources our resources in the best right. way possible. Exactly. Yeah. And I do like talking to clients about, not about allocating our money or about allocating um, anything like that, but more... I like calling them resources because it's not just the money. It's It's not the time and, you know, how, um, compliant the pet is going to be with treatment and can we hospitalize or are they going to like bark their head off and, you know, throw themselves (laughs) into this huge anxiety fit if we do that. Um, so it is resources like between our time, our energy, you know, the money, everything like that. How do we make it all all fit together to get you to the next step? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Series of good choices. Yes, which I should. I wish I had more than my life—a series of good choices. A series of good.
1: Well, a series of the best choices in the
0: circumstances. That works. That <laughs> okay. works. I'm just trying to think of like the time and times in my life I made series. Is series of well, good choices. Well, let's. Start, I, no, I'm
1: going to change this now because I want to talk about one of your good choices. Because you change changed your jobs a couple of times and now you've done something, it's sort of old fashioned, but it's back in style. So it's a good thing that it's back in style. Oh yeah. Let's talk about house calls. Let's talk about house calls. That's like, again, this is a good paradigm shift because we're seeing veterinarians that maybe it went out, it was not a a good practice Mm -hmm. type for a while, things were
0: challenging and now there's a shift. Right? More and more people are just doing house calls. So. Absolutely. I think it's growing by leaps and bounds. Um probably some of that had a, a little bit to do with with COVID, like mm-hmm. st- you know, pushing things forward. Um, I, I feel like it was even before, like there was a little bit of there a was shift. a little bit of shift. I agree. And now I think it's gained momentum, if right? Think. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I so I was not a big believer in house calls. This was like kind of a necessity thing. <laughs> okay, uh, you know we we talked about in a previous podcast. I was a I was a vet without hospital. Yeah, and um, I first kind of dipped my toe into the water with house calls, and really I was like, I like the clinic. Like, the clinic's my safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can I was just used to the flow of that. But again, you know, I kind of kept going down that road partially um, out of necessity. Um, And then, but the more I did it, the more I really enjoyed it. Now I will say like uh, for as far as house calls, I see a pretty small clientele. And so that makes things a lot easier, but the behavior that I've seen with pets on house calls, oh my gosh, like (laughs) it is just, it's changed the way I practice completely. It's amazing how many things I can do just me and the pet sitting there on my lap, like hanging out, talking them into doing stuff. And if I can't, then there's a lot of pen and <laughs> <laughs> And we come back again another day. Medications oh, are a good thing. Uh-huh. And so the way I've actually, where I've landed um, is actually a hybrid model. Okay. I get to, you know, treat these pets at home, which I, let me tell you about one of my greatest success stories. <laughs> I actually saw him this morning um, for a side of point shot. And he's a little, he's like an eight pound little schnauzer. He's the funniest little thing. And he really, he hated coming to the clinic. He just did not, he didn't like the smells. He didn't like the sounds. From the time he was a tiny puppy, he would just shake. He didn't like it. Um, To the point where he, even when I would go over to this friend's house, he really, this dog wanted nothing to do with me. because I was associated with the clinic. clinic. Yeah. It took about a year of doing house calls, like fairly frequent house calls. (laughs) We're talking side of point here. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing them a fair bit. Um, but a year later, like I walk in the house and he runs right up to me, oh. I can hold him. I can give him shots. I can look in his ears. And like the biggest thing it happened this morning where it, it just warms my heart every time is he came up and he was sniffing around in my bag. And I just put my hand up to pet him and he just stood there. Like he just eight, eight pounds, right? He's yeah. little. So his natural instinct would be to like, Whoa, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he just stood there and was like, okay, pet me. And I was like, Oh, Yay! Finally, it's just wonderful, and it's changed the way that I practice in the clinic too. Because I've seen the potential for what you can get these pets to do um, without having to do any manhandling. Yeah, you can really just convince them to let you do it, and I and I feel like we can do it in the clinic a lot too. And I'm lucky enough to be a part of a clinic where they work really hard to do that, and we have a lot of positive experience. Well, and I mean that's that's a fun thing too Mm -hmm. because there's no.
1: I mean, granted, we're all big fans of medications and, you know, (laughs) sure, better living through chemistry at times. But it is pretty remarkable the paradigm shift to, you know, just deal with fear, aggression, Mm -hmm. and, you know, reactivity, and reduce that in the clinic. I I wish they were better about it in people. I know so many people have so many, so much medical fear and medical trauma, and it's great because it's one of those things and I think we've talked about this sometimes I like looking at what the human medical industry is doing just interestingly enough but this is one thing I actually feel like veterinary medicine is doing certainly more actively and certainly more widespread than human medicine is addressing like fear aggression trauma associated with medical practices and more and more of our pets are now or more of our practices are you know really working how, how to do medical care without it being traumatic to the pet
0: just it worked having the pet on your on your side um (laughs) i was talking to somebody about this and they said yeah we've gone from Instead of like shoving, trying to shove the animal into our box of what we need them to do it, do or be at that moment, you know, instead convincing the animal to go into the box themselves and, you know, I'm going to stick you with this needle. I need you to (laughs) let me do that. And they're like, (laughs) no, no, okay.
1: to make it happen. How (laughs) can
0: we work on this? Yeah. And I mean, how many cats with, you know, initially bring them into the clinic and they're on the ceiling and they have eight legs that are coming for your face. Yeah. And, um, then, you know, with some gabapentin, (laughs) some feel away and some true and, um, the, yeah. uh, the common cozy cat wrap. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that because it's a specific product, but oh my gosh, I live for that yeah. thing. Um, you just swaddle them up and feed them some churu and some feel away, and they just kind of purr away while you yeah. start with needles.
1: I mean it, yeah, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, we basically because again I do exotics, we're we're living the bunny wrap cilantro life over here. Okay. Right now, All right. It's amazing how many of our clients come in and they're like, oh no, he he loves meds. They're strawberry flavored. He's kind of okay. them. So rabbits can get used to being given medication too. So
0: what, the cilantro though?
1: The cilantros are kind of, so, you know, dogs get, you know, the, the peanut butter, or the squeezy cheese okay. for exams, cilantro for rabbits cilantro. and guinea pigs, because it's got long stock. They love it. It's really aromatic. So it's got okay. a kind of great smell. Plus, it's nice. I don't know. It's kind of yeah, nice for us to smell. Absolutely. No one in our clinic thinks it smells like soap, so we're very lucky. That's good. No, no weird genetic <laughs> no, things No yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's even I think it's even I think it's weird. I, think it's yeah, I don't think it's common. weird. I think it's probably <laughs> it. But it's got, you know, cilantro is great because it's got a long stalk and it's really aromatic. And most of them. Look at it as, like, a treat. It's fun. No kidding. Plus, it's sort of funny to, like, feed them the one end and see it gets sucked up into their mouth. (laughs) There's the humor aspect of it. It keeps it all, like, light and enjoyable and kind of fun. So we're definitely seeing more of that even. Do you have the rabbits,
0: too? We do.
1: We do. So they don't. Funny burritos. Yeah.
0: It's safer for them, too. Right. For sure. For sure.
1: But, I mean, I look at zoos doing all this amazing you know, target training with fish and reptiles and they great apes. And, you know, it's, it's just seeing, you know, literally the animals cooperating in their own care is really fun and good. And yeah.
0: plus it's kind of nice for us too, because like, we don't want to be the bad guy. Absolutely, Ooh, we never do. Yeah, it's it's been a huge boost for morale. <laughs> yeah, in general, no matter what aspect of the industry you're in, um, you know, dogs and cats or exotics and you know, zoo, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, where when you can be, not, you know, like 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 Tucker, my little schnauzer, <laughs> when when I can be, I don't have to be that scary. You're not person scary person anymore. That's you're a like, friendly well, person. Well, I I have to be the scary person because I have to do these things to you. Instead, it's like. Hey, bud, can you work with me? Yeah. It's so much better for everybody's just come yeah. around. Oh, and- it feels good to the clients it feels too. The client feels good. It feels good to everybody. It feels yeah. good to our techs or assistants. Yeah.
1: It's just, and yeah. And you probably clients. see more
0: pets that way because people well, are more feel willing. Like, yeah, yeah. Clients don't feel like it's a traumatic
1: experience. They mm-hmm. like,
0: love it like, yeah oh, look, my rabbit loves going to the vet
1: my dog thinks the vet is amazing yeah and I mean we always had we always had a handful of, let's be honest there's always a handful of dogs that are like
0: I love big yeah that's true those
1: have always existed
0: <laughs> but there might be more now. Yes. yes yeah yes. they're like you're gonna pet me and give me snacks okay yes. and, um uh, nice. I don't know when did that shift happen that change from look, we just got to get it done, you know, hold them so we can, you know, give a shot or whatever. I think it's been gradual, but I do, you know, I I mean, I feel like
1: definitely the last decade, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not brand new, Mm -hmm. but I think because we've been able to see it be successful and we have more science to back it up. Mm -hmm. And now we also see that it's better for the animals too. And it's, it's better medicine. Like it's really better medicine. I think again, that momentum has grown and more and more, of us more of us as professionals again whether it's veterinarians or technicians just we want that Mm -hmm. we want i mean we got into this let's be honest we're all like animal lovers we we love science we love animals and you being a bad guy sucks it does it It sucks we don't want to do that we want to be the good guy
0: I've been the bad guy and, you know, intentionally <laughs> no. or unintentionally. And it's just yeah. and sometimes it's like, it's unintentional and it yeah, sucks. It does. <laughs> so we want to be the good guy. And so being able to do that. And then, and then I think it causes us to set the expectation with the yes. owner to say, I'm not going to, you know, when they say, oh, I don't want to come back again, just, just give it to him or whatever. I would say, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to manhandle your pet. Yeah. I don't think that's good for anybody. Yeah. And um, where we just kind of off the bat you know, start having that conversation about how we're going to lower stress. Well, And to be honest, I think some of it too, is coming
1: from owner demand. Sure. Like they don't want that anymore.
0: Like they love that. They love their pets.
1: Mm -hmm. They want them to be happy. Mm -hmm. So when they go someplace and it's a good experience, not just for them, but like for their pet, it's, it's just,
0: Better 100%. I mean, how many times have you heard, like, oh, they start shaking as soon as we get in the parking lot, yeah, or you know, they start shaking the as soon corner. as we get in the car because yeah. they know they go to the vet, and you know, it's still going to happen to a point. We can't fix it all, but um, no, I feel no. like it's greatly diminished, way better, and yes. just a lot more dogs that you know maybe they're not the, the me, give me sex. I love being here, but yeah. you know, at least you can handle them without well, a yeah.
1: and, and, and again, safety. Yeah, you know, I know, some people were really nervous about it being unsafe safe at first mm-hmm. and i think that you know there's just pets We're like there's not enough medication in yes. the world yeah let me handle you with that you 27 <laughs> yeah, and 400
0: gallons. yeah.
1: <laughs> like we said we need to you know we need to yeah. be safe too but i think there is this evidence now that it is safer and yes. that makes us feel good too because mm-hmm. like you know
0: no one wants to get bit. <laughs> no, so no. but if we and and yeah, absolutely. I still do use muzzles. Oh yeah, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not here to lose my fingers or anything. But you know, if we're not manhandling, maybe we're not getting like head butted or scratched yeah. across well, the face and
1: backs hurt because we're picking up dogs yeah. that are flailing or upset right. or right. and dog and
0: patients getting hurt too. Mm-hmm. So that because that's. And you mm -hmm. know, using safer sedations and stuff like that. When you do Mm -hmm. those, that you just can't handle. There's nothing you can do. It's nice to have more options. Absolutely,
1: a lot more pills, oral options these days. That's been a good thing. Absolutely, Absolutely.
0: yeah. Rather than like, okay, well, we have to give them an injectable sedation. We still can't touch (laughs) them. (laughs) Yeah. What do we even get close? Yeah, Yeah. I've never listened to this dog's heart. Hope fingers Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah. so that's been a huge one for me is is, you know we talked about the house call stuff which um you know there's a huge variety of house call that's from from full Mm -hmm. practices um there's it's not me but um there's another veterinarian in this area who does i mean it's amazing the things that she is able to do on a house call basis um and just the resources and the way she does it it's it's amazing so there's these full service house call practices Mm -hmm. um there's you know, something like me—that's a, a little bit more of a hybrid. Yeah, um, just specifically in home euthanasias. Yeah, in
1: hospice care. Hospice care. I yeah. mean,
0: I—you know
1: it, there's just there's so many more options. Mm-hmm. It, even it's just—it's amazing to me. There's more positions. There's more jobs for us in industry. There's more yeah. jobs for us in government there's more jobs for us in labs there's more specialties Mm -hmm. there's more i mean there's more types of practices there's Mm -hmm. it's remarkable i remember one of the things i went through in school and granted i went at school a few more years before cassie (laughs) a few I, I mean, like at this point, lot, that gap is, like, starting to close. It is a little bit. It's <laughs> still, you know, it's funny, but it, I, I was always told, oh, you know, it's it's great that you love exotic pets. That's fantastic. That'll never be your whole career focused on dogs and cats. And I'm like, okay, Gosh. cool. And, gra- yeah, you know, I, I like, I like all animals. So sure. I was one of those people, I was like, all right like probably would be happy being a horse vet even though I don't really I'm not comfortable with that it's not my it's not my mo like if I got to practice medicine on horses and that was my only option Mm -hmm. I still would have chosen that I agree yeah but I'm like which by the way yeah don't ever have me do that (laughs) like (laughs) my last equine medicine was in school I'm not gonna lie (laughs) like it's when it I yeah Mm. (laughs) I'm in awe of them and all that they can do too but I think it's really cool. Like, I work for a practice that only sees exotic pets, that's and cool. that's all we do. And so, but I, I look through what my friends' careers have turned into and the jobs that they've taken, and, you know, working hybrid for a small animal practice with exotics and then doing some side work with the zoo. Oh, gosh, um, how oh, cool. Radiologists that work, veterinary radiologists oh, yeah. that work from home. Um, mm-hmm. and, are amazing. Yeah. And, and we need that <laughs> yes. all. Veterinarians that work at home and just talk through diagnostic.
0: Oh yeah. You know, internal
1: medicine consults with you.
0: And, and the value that we've, we've recognized in those, um, kind of supplemental. Yeah. Meals, additional say, positions, especially and, now when we talk about, um, you know, veterinary shortage and, and nurse mm-hmm. shortage and all these things, um, to have, it, we're we're in general practice sometimes doing procedures or handling cases like we never intended to handle. <laughs> yes, this was not we were going to refer. Yeah, these, but we can't because there's no appointments until next year, because as much as I you know want to stop my feet and go, but I shouldn't have to do this. It's your case. Um, you know, they're full, too. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, there's nothing yeah. they can do about it. And so to have somebody who can really talk me through it and yeah. not just, you know, just not jump just, on the phone. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'm yeah. not just not out here by myself going like, I don't know, I, I read this book one time and it said to do Fingers this. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. um but yeah, so the those supplemental services to help us provide more mm-hmm. care in general practice, I think are huge.
1: And I think the fact that I'm seeing our, our colleagues make careers out of those. Yeah, yeah like that's, yeah. you know, they're not doing that for, extra money on the weekends right they're doing that full-time like mm-hmm. that's their job it's it fits their lifestyle mm-hmm. there's all these I mean again it, we always joke oh there's no work from home options as a veterinarian I am a work from home veterinarian yes. sitting here yeah. across from you yes I do some clinic work yes I do some other stuff still but most of my job right now is, is at home that's
0: doing education planning and it's in my sweatpants, wait, it's amazing. Much. I know you and I have been called on calls, and um, you're like in a hoodie, and I'm
1: like, oh, seems work
0: yeah, other homes. yeah no, oh, I'm, like I'm complaining. I work in scrubs, I, like, know. I
1: mean, come on, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, when I come to the office, I'm like, oh, I, I have to have like plan outfits that match, right? Other people will see them, okay. it's not just gonna
0: be from here, up. yeah, <laughs> who knew, but yeah, I
1: mean, I do think that there's. I think that's one thing that's actually helped some folks, especially in last year when when you get really down and you just think, oh, I I can't do this job anymore. Well, that's Mm -hmm. okay. You can still stay in this career. Yeah. Just do a different job. There's so many of them. And I know sometimes it seems hard and overwhelming, but,
0: you know, I, I do think there's a lot of jobs out there that folks haven't even thought of. Yes, that are that are still yet to come, and yeah. I think that speaks a little bit to division of labor. Yeah. Um. So we talk about having radiologists, or you know, internists, or, or you know, specialists that you can jump on the phone with to help you manage a case. Um. There's also urgent vets. Yeah. Now. Urgent care. Uh, the, yeah. Urgent care um, models, which we just got an urgent care clinic here in Gainesville, and. I mean, it's amazing because you give a vaccine at, you know, 530 PM mm. and God forbid there's a vaccine reaction. Well, they're there till 11 and you don't have to send this patient to the hospital. And yeah, so that's been another those um, in between
1: cases. They need something now.
0: Mm hmm but they're not really
1: ER cases, right? You know, it's not something that's going to have to stay in the hospital for and three days. ER and vets I are overwhelmed. Yeah. We
0: don't want to send them our vaccine reaction. <laughs> no, like they so, don't want them. They really don't. Right. They're like, for real? Either like, we continue on. to overwhelm yeah. the ER vets or we stay, you know, an hour or so late yeah. making sure that we're stabilizing our patients. So having this kind of in-between is, I, I love whoever came up with the idea of creating that in-between. Yes. It's great. It.
1: It's yeah. great. Yeah. And that's
0: one of the, I, I think a couple of things, you know, it's crazy.
1: Is I mean, the COVID years, <laughs> years is those still to come, yeah, are still upon us, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's weird, it does take a minute to kind of step out of that and think about the positives. But like, we really have gotten, I, I think, you know, at our clinic, and I think other clinics, and I think as an industry, gotten some positives out of COVID, Um, sure, you know, and again, kind of the division of labor. Maybe the use of telemedicine. I, certainly, it's becoming a little bit easier. And mm-hmm. we're learning a lot of kinks long, to work out. Still, yeah. But, you know, and we're learning what we can and can't do. Right? right. Oh, that's not something. You know what? That's not a good idea. That doesn't work right. out. We can't do that particular, you know, that kind of case. But these other cases, we can, you know, do mm-hmm. and tell a triage. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The services that are like, you don't need to go to the vet. Please
0: yeah, don't. so let's talk about those because yeah. maybe I'm wrong here, but my perception is that sometimes those can get a bad rap. Yeah. Um, sometimes for legitimate reasons, sometimes not. And I think the concept in general, and, and I'll be honest, I don't have a ton of familiarity with them, but I think the concept in general is good. It is, yeah. And I've, I know a couple of folks that use you know, the, there's a specific service that's
1: associated mm-hmm. with their clinic. So, like, they kind of can talk clients through that. Do I need more? Right. Versus, am I panicking moment? Right. And if it's associated with the clinic, you know, there's it's weird fee structures it, and they're all different. So, I, I can't really speak to that. But I do think that's kind of nice because so often your receptionists are the ones doing teletriage. Yeah. And it's great. Some of them are really knowledgeable, but. I don't know about you guys, but still phones are still ringing off the hook, right? And just getting, you know, and one of those might be a no. You
0: need to come right now.
1: now. (laughs) Yes, but some of them are more, you know, just like no. Let's make you an appointment in two weeks Mm -hmm. or. You know, no, don't come in for that. Right, don't it'll at be all. Okay, yeah. The dog had diarrhea
0: one time. Have you ever just had diarrhea one time? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think. Let's
1: let's talk through this. It. It'll it's be okay. Out. At least in yeah. the morning, it'll be. And okay. I do
0: think we're seeing
1: some structures. You know, there's. You're right. There's some things to work out, but I think one of the positives we're seeing some structures that are working. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, for you know, services that are tied again to a specific clinic, a clinic that specifically uses a specific teletriage service that they're comfortable with. Yeah, or specifically with, sure. has. Tell, you know, tell an appointments that they do for certain things. Sure. They've worked out kind of those criteria, which ones they, are, you know, don't even offer. Right. <laughs> like, right. you have what problem? No, 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 no. You're coming in. Like yeah. You're coming in for that. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But no. Versus, yeah. Yeah. No, I saw you two weeks ago and you mm-hmm. really just want me to look at the same spot again. Right. Let's we make a phone make call. A yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And let's, you know, compensate everyone for their time mm-hmm. and in a fair way. But, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully it's. It's getting easier to figure those things out, I think.
0: And that might play into um kind of technician and nurse empowerment. And um, like you talked about receptionists doing some of the teletriage, but even um, you know, some of these maybe talking about nutrition Mm -hmm. or um behavior and stuff like that, obviously, you know, under the guidance of the veterinarian who's made the diagnosis and is doing management, but you know, a lot of that client education stuff really, when we're talking about um, either teletriage or just kind of division of yeah. labor, but really these paraprofessionals who are so valuable to Killing everything it. we do, yeah. we can't live without. that. Yeah, yeah. And, I,
1: mean, it, it, the, I think the time has come and it's its come up in a really good way. Like, all right, we really have to talk. About, these are professionals. Mm-hmm. They are professionals. They have their own profession. It's not just a stepping stone to becoming a veterinarian. Right. Being a veterinary technician. Or a veterinary nurse is its own profession. Mm-hmm. A lot of people chose that profession because they want to be that in that profession. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what they and want that's to awesome do. because they should be. And now you know let's make sure we're utilizing them for all their training. Let's get them involved in those behavior consults. Let's get them involved in those nutrition
0: consults. Mm-hmm. Because we can't be everywhere. We don't have time to be everywhere. So If you don't feel like you're being allowed to work to your fullest potential, go and talk to your veterinarian because chances are, if I'm not asking you to do something, it's because I assume that you're busy and you don't want to, and I'm trying to be nice and I'm trying to say, I will do it. So you don't have to, but if you want me to just get out of your way, feel free to tell me that. And that probably goes for a lot. I I had, I I had, I had that moment
1: where I was like, here guys, I'm helping you. And they were like, stop helping. (laughs) And they were like, I think I was cleaning up after surgery. And they're like, no, no, no. You're putting everything <laughs> in the wrong place. You're not cleaning. Stop <laughs> helping.
0: Go help. Go help with your paperwork in your corner. Yes. Stop helping. So I did. We had, um, we actually ended up with a complication under anesthesia the other day. Um, the dog was fine. We, you know, everything ended up being okay. It was a really bizarre case, but um, the the technicians I was working with commented Cause I was like, I'm, I'm the guy who will like crank down the gas until like, be like, yep. Can't go any lower than that. We're going to have to <laughs> I'm like, like, thanks until I know the absolute lowest Mac that I can, I can use. Um, and so we had this thing and I was like, I wasn't even touching him. I was over on my side of the room. They're like, you did so well staying on your side so, yeah, and stay not in your us. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, I do think some of it, like, we're trying to be nice and help, mm-hmm. but actually, I think what we're doing is getting in their way.
0: Probably, <laughs> probably. So, so I, that's what I'm saying. Like, please yeah. tell me. If we're getting in your way, just yeah. gently, not just gently, to not just, not we'll go. Go. Yeah. 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 We take hints. Truly, Sometimes. it's a relief. Like, if yeah. I, have, I have um one registered vet tech, um, and she will come up to me and she'll say, Hey, you have this appointment. I can just go talk to him about this, 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 and this. And, and I've heard her feels, I'm very comfortable with her yeah. explanations. Um, and it's such a relief to me to go like okay yeah, yeah that sounds great yeah whereas I would not ask her to do that because I would feel like I'm putting more on her plate now you know yeah. she's busy and but all that yeah it, it's
1: it's about communication right. But yeah we have one tech who's like really really good at cytology like mm-hmm. I should not be reading any slides or any I mean, or anything. I should not, not there when yeah. they're <laughs> no. in the hospital and it's a relief like yeah, yeah it's like oh you you you've ah mm-hmm. uh, you were done with that because you did yeah. it and I can be done now I can yeah. do my job where I prescribe yes. meds for the results of said or get a treatment plan together or talk and about it's surgery such a
0: relief it and is like oh I can just do my like the the day I found out yes. that I don't have to do the urinalysis and read the sediment Ooh. I was like oh, oh yeah. thank goodness there's somebody who's better at this than I am <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think
1: that's something that's, that is really positive. Right? I think it's growing and I think it needs to continue to grow.
0: Because like, we all have different strengths, right? Yes. Like I'm terrible with it. all things microscopes. I yeah. really, I can, I can muddle my way through, but it, I, I really don't enjoy it. And it's yeah. not my strong point. It's, yeah. it's a challenge for me every time. Um, And so if there's somebody there who's good at it, yeah. like why are. Like I'm going to let you be good at it. I'm going to let you be good at it. Yeah. I'm good at this thing over yeah. here. So I'm going to go be good at that. And you just tell me what you have, yeah. and, like, just let everybody. Well, and this, so this is, a,
1: this is a great one. And this is another wacky exotic story. Mm-hmm. So uh, Cassie, I was just talking about this. I just did surgery on one of my own fish. Yes. So very exciting, good case. But it was really funny because when it came time for the anesthesia, I, I literally just looked at my tech and I was like, you know, the the usual. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, just the usual concentrations. And I must do too, too. You're comfortable with all that. We're going to do this and this and this. And I was like, yep. Exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. All the things that you said. We're gonna do that. Yes, mm-hmm. and I was done. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was done. I was like, I'm. I, I know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. I know what the usual doses are. I know she's on it. And you know, we got surgery done. We did get a CT done. I'm not gonna lie. That's like so that's my wild. brag point for the year. Yeah, like, yeah. I saw the CT. It's really cool. exciting. Really exciting. We got my our CT. We got surgery done. The fish recovered. soon great. This is so cool to me. The fact that I can't like. At, again at my little clinic mm-hmm. that we could CT a fish like again we were so excited about that yeah. we were so incredibly goofily like jumping up and down like literally jumping up and down oh yeah literally jumping up and Absolutely. down excited we're like look it's working <laughs> and you know the images just pop up and you're like oh my god yeah oh my god and yeah but it's I, I think that's happening for everyone to some degree. I mean, maybe not CT, but maybe, you know, digital cytology and, you mm-hmm. know, in-house blood analyzers. I, I think it's, yeah. it's so cool that it's not just that, that, you know, of course the technology is cool, but right. like, I like the fact that like, I can turn around to and be like, I have your blood work right
0: now. Yeah. Right now, and and I can tell can you it. exactly what's wrong with your, now, yeah, yeah. yeah. With your pet right now. Like your so. pet is, I was going to say diabetic, but well, sometimes yeah, that's, that's like, a one touch. Yeah. yeah, Sometimes you
1: walk in there and you go. Shh.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so not me. You can, can smell, smell it. Smell. But the owners will tell me. They'll be like, they have a weird odor. I'm like, tell Ooh. me more. They're like, it's a little fruity. I'm like, oh, we're diabetic. Okay. Yeah. Got it.
1: You yeah. can smell that genetic skull again. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it is. I, I, I get excited all the time about yeah. cases like that and new stuff we're able to find in the clinic. And, yeah. You know, it's just remarkable.
0: And so this this is kind of taking me down another rabbit hole, which we oh. may elect to just edit out of the whole final product. Um, okay, so we're talking about like you know digital radiology and CT and in house blood and um, mm. digital cytology and playing to everybody's strengths and stuff like that. So, at this point, with the model we have in veterinary medicine, every single clinic has those things. Yeah. And I see that as a bonus. Yeah. Because I don't like it that in human medicine, they're like, okay, you need blood work. And I'm like, okay. Go. And they're like, no, no, go, go over there, make yeah. it. Oh, so it, it, you're right. At my GP, I can go down the hall, but, but
1: or go across the street, or go across town. Yeah, or go schedule, it, town. For yeah, schedule yeah. it for another time. Yeah, schedule it for
0: another, and you're like, oh, I got to do something else, and I got to do, yeah. or like, you know, yeah, well, you can get it here, but the phlebotomist isn't here, and you have to do another <laughs> day. And you're like, this is a whole building full of doctors. <laughs> like, I don't understand. what yeah. yeah, none of you can stick me. Um, and so I like I don't love that aspect of it. That you know, oh, you need yeah. an MRI. We'll go schedule another appointment. But at the same time. Like, I, I understand, like, some of the inefficiencies that come yeah. with every clinic having all everything. of these technologies. You know, and, and I mean, you're right. But it's always really interesting to me, especially now that we're
1: in this shortage. Mm-hmm. Time. I certainly heard from some GPs, like, you know, kind of what you were talking about, like this idea of, oh, I'd refer it away and now I can't. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's brought us back to kind of that basis of veterinary medicine being the doctor for everything. Right. You are the dentist. You are the dermatologist. Mm-hmm. You are the neurologist, and I still think there is incredible value in a GP being, you know. And I'm sure, like, like you said, everybody's like somebody's really good at dentistry. Sure, eyes freak me out. I'm like, well, <laughs> somebody, something has. I think we've talked about this before. Conjunctivitis, and I'm like, you should probably see someone else. Right. Yeah. Like any <laughs> other, any other veteran Any
0: <laughs> of them. I have to tell you the story. anyway I had a dog come in and he was meant to be on another doctor's schedule and they thought she was working this day, but it was me. And, um, so it came in for a mass removal, right? Oh gosh. I know. I don't really do those anymore, Um, but you know, I've done, I'm not inept, like I can do a mass removal. So I was like, all right, so this thing ended up on my schedule. That's interesting. (laughs) And then, and it was for one, like, it was like one, slot meaning there were like multiple other procedures that day and I had to be like wrapped up by a certain time so I was like okay this is gonna be interesting and then we went we like went to click on the estimate and it was like schedule multiple slots this is gonna be really long and I'm like this just keeps getting better (laughs) like all right what has gone wrong the dog came in and thank god the owner was like the nicest human being on the face of the planet but this mass was bigger than my head Oh gosh. It was the entire lateral aspect of the dog. And so he was just the nicest person. And I had to go to him. I was like, so I think you were meant to be scheduled with so-and-so, but I'm here. Can we reschedule this? This is a mistake yeah. I would like to lie to you and say I'll attempt it, but nope, I won't. That yeah. one's that one's well out of my comfort
1: well, zone. Well, and I think you know, even in the even in the GP world, mm-hmm. like I love surgery. Mm-hmm. I, I I I I'd be happy to do that. Master oh like- you know, and, and it. it I, but I do. I hear more GPs like. Telling me they're doing in-house in-house cytology because the owners need answers right away and they can't just refer it away, mm-hmm. or they're doing more in-house surgery because again, there's no place to refer. Right. Somewhat urgent case, foreign body obstruction, mm-hmm. things like that. Like they're like we're re not relearning, but like we're having to really truly get back to that those roots of, of yeah, being a jack of all trades mm-hmm. and because you know we have to reserve specialist referrals for things that are really truly. That Special kick really <laughs> Yeah. I go,
0: nope. Like that so, one where I was like, no.
1: But mine. see, it's a,
0: it, but there was another GP who could do it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Vulnerable. So, you know, I, I'm probably not the one to be working at your dog for a dermatology problem because I mm-hmm. have never done that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but there's so many great GPs that are really, really good at dermatology mm-hmm. and could do not just an adequate, but an excellent job. Yeah. So I do think that's one of the things is very new, COVID-associated, shortage-associated. That's actually kind of a good thing for our industry to, like – yeah. retouch those cases and right and feel more comfortable and feel and it kind of goes again back to that spectrum of care. Well you could go to the specialist mm-hmm. well, but I I could take I care can of you too. This. Yeah right. I can do this. Yeah.
0: I remember I was listening to a colleague on the phone the other day and he was talking to an owner and I heard him say so, you know, a lot of the resources say to, you know, refer these cases and ha- it was actually dermatology. Yeah. <laughs> I have it managed by a dermatologist. Yeah. Um, and it was clear from the conversation that, you know, that just wasn't something the owner was interested in. Couldn't do. Yeah. Right. And um, so I heard him say, look, this is what all the references tell me to do. I'm not saying I won't manage your pet. I'm just saying. I want to do these additional tests so I know exactly yeah. what I'm treating, and I thought that was such a good way to handle it. Mm-hmm. Of like, I can still provide this service for you. Um, and can you meet me halfway in this yeah. way? Like, can you do this additional test that I really need the information in order to do yeah. properly to like really give me? Well, right. and I think
1: if you present it too, like these are this is going to help us mm-hmm. get the best results. Right. Like right. we're not just doing this for academic interest yeah we're, not just,
0: we're not just curious yeah like this, this is, is legit gonna help if yeah. we're gonna manage it this is how we're gonna do it
1: i mean that you know the thing the thing that i think is important though it, and we talk about you know going into the year in a in a positive way is as i look back at what you said to start off we still have so many clients that just
0: they're the best yeah they're the best just good humans
1: yeah and yeah. i think i think if we you know as we go into the new year I think that kind of a renewed focus on the people that, there are people that love you out there. If you're a veterinarian, you have some clients that legit think you walk on water, think you're an amazing person, love you. And I think if you keep that in mind, you really, it, it does keep us in a really good, positive Good, happy place
0: absolutely absolutely focus on those those good clients yeah let's let's go let them roll down funny. the street yeah exactly exactly <laughs> let them go and then and you know really um maybe patting ourselves on the back in this in this spectrum of care that we keep talking about of the things that we have discovered that we're capable of handling that maybe we weren't comfortable with before. And, um, you know, just the the progress that has been made with us as individuals and then as an industry in general. Take credit. Absolutely. We deserve it. Absolutely. We Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Dana, this has been a blast. As <laughs> always. I mean, do you have like three more hours? No, so we got to cut out. it out. Yeah. We got, at some point, they're going to turn us off. Yeah. So. Yes, exactly. They're going to cut off our microphone. So thank you to everybody listening. This has been great. I hope that um, it sends you into the new year with some positivity. Yeah. Happy 2022, everybody. Woohoo. Gosh, 2022. I, I can't believe it. It's scary we were so like, you're, you're get away from 2020. 2020 now. It's like 2022. Oh. I hope you guys had as much fun with that episode as we did. And I hope in such a challenging time for many fields, including vet med, maybe that added a little bit of positivity. Thanks again, Dr. Varble for joining me. It's always a blast. And if you guys enjoyed that, I'd keep an eye on social media because there may be a few more hijinks between the two of us still to come. As a reminder, if you'd like to find out more about this and other podcast episodes, click on the education tab on the Vetfolio website. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com, you can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.